Hello, metalheads. This is your host, Buke, and welcome to another Nine Circles audio thing for our monthly Album of the Month chat. Our Album of the Month for July 2021 is Consolamentum by Year of No Light. As always, I am joined by the best writers in the heavy metal scene. We have a plethora of them, a bunch of regulars, and one of uh, my personal favorites making an appearance. And I'll start with her because it's haven't heard her in a while on the pod. Hello, Hera. How are you doing today, ma'am? Hi. It's I'm dying. It's hot. I don't want to go outside. And yet here I am in my house, hoping that I don't turn into a crab. Okay, well, <laughs> it's hot in the valley, and I hate it. Hey, but turn into a crab. We all well, turn into crabs we all turn into crabs. That's just how it I works. Mean, well, you know, I don't want to be boiled. I don't want to boil and have my flesh become melted. You know what, though, hair. Whenever I would would meet tourists from work and stuff from out west in Arizona or Vegas, they would always say, "Oh, but it's it's a dry heat." Oh, I don't mm-hmm. care when it's hot. It's hot. I don't care. Listen. It's a fucking desert out here. I absolutely hate it, but I prefer it to Florida weather, which is humid oh, and disgusting. Yeah. We get so. the humidity here in Maryland, yeah. and that's what's, yeah. what's bad. You're pretty close to D.C., which I've heard yeah. is something like an actual swamp most of the time. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Well, you just heard him right there. You know him. It wouldn't be a Nine Circles audio thing for the month without our friend Vince. How are you doing today, brother? Seeing as how I am but a stone's throw away from Hera, I'm kind of in the same boat. <laughs> we both live in the in valleys. Only one of us lives in the valley, but yeah, we both yeah, live in me. valleys. <laughs> you, you, you can answer this, Hera or Vince. I some of my Xbox friends live in the Bay Area, and this okay. is this, so that's this, San Francisco. That's closer yeah. to San Francisco. This that's puzzles like about- me. They say they don't have AC, which Not I can't generally fathom. no. Yeah, they but don't. they say, "Oh, yeah. there's there's a nice breeze that comes in always." They're closer yeah, because the they're sea. right by the they're if they're in like San Francisco or San Jose yeah. or somewhere like that, they're right by the coast. So yeah. 
there is actually a nice breeze and a lot of homes up there aren't built with ac or at mm-hmm. least the older ones because you know it's it's a completely it's like six hours away from where we live it's a completely different weather yeah. system yep I, it didn't I usually get as hot as it gets down here. You have to remember how big, you know, California is. Like I could drive, you know, from one side of Maryland to the other mm-hmm. in four hours or so. It takes you know, sixteen you... <laughs> hours to drive from one end of California to the other, maybe more. Sixteen hours. Um, from where from where I live, I drove to the California Oregon border in about ten hours. Yeah. And uh it's that's drive. that puts a lot of stuff in perspective. Wow. Well, Somebody who I know is enjoying the AC in their home today is Mr. Ian Martinek. Hey, Ian, how are you today, sir? I'm just dandy. Uh, I mean, it's it's hot here, but it's not like dying hot. Um, but yeah, air conditioning is nice. I don't know what I would do without it. Certainly not going to move to San Francisco to look for a life with no air conditioning. Don't. Don't move to San Francisco for any reason. I've been no, there. And I've been, I am I am speaking not just to you, but to every listener who 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 checks out this episode. If you are thinking about moving to San Francisco or even don't. California in general, don't don't, don't come yep. here. Abandon yep. those plans. The, the 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 one positive my friend who live in the Bay Area said that was great is that the rent control they have there, he has been in a place for like eight or nine years now. He can't go anywhere because he's locked into such a low rate that would be so astronomically high if he was to try and move into it now that's how it is with us too i'm fairly certain that we live in the cheapest apartment in pasadena and it's because it's rent controlled and we've been living here for like seven years yeah i can also say the same thing i live in the cheapest apartment in my building complex and that's because i've been here for 20 plus years (laughs) oh man you got me beat (laughs) Hera's gonna start uh integration, baby. <laughs> she she is gonna start we do collecting indeed love rent. to see it. <laughs> uh, Angela is also joining us today. She's also enjoying the uh nice inside weather of their new house that they've moved into. Angela, we are um, I was talking to Ian before I hit the record button. We have we are now a month past you guys moving in. Are, are the boxes out? Does it feel like home now for you? I'd say so. I think we're we're pretty much there and feels good. Finally feels feels like home now that we've personalized it a little bit. Ian was kind enough to let me have my reign of the living room, which is nice and spooky with all black furniture and very much a vibe. Uh, so... So, uh, okay, <laughs> you, I see your vibe, the black on black. Now, I sound like Dr. Disrespect, black on black on slate black. Um, but I am looking around. Are you the type who, if you walk through your house, Ian, as Ian's probably about to shake his head, are there like pumpkins and Halloween and like skeletons everywhere in your, your house? Yeah. It's Halloween year round over here. Yeah. <laughs> because I yeah. rounded a corner in the store. Those white people. <laughs> I I rounded a corner in the store the other day and was hit by the Halloween stuff hitting me in the face. And I said, oh, it just doesn't feel. I've been looking and every time I go, <laughs> I go to Dunkin' Donuts once a week. Every time I ask if they've got pumpkin yet. <laughs> oh, she's already asking for <laughs> pumpkin spice. So sick of me asking. I am. I am that white person. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you're, you're, you're either a Halloween white person or you're a Christmas white person. Yeah. And I've met which both decorations people. you leave up year round. 
Yep. And right. I met okay. both of those hey. people in college. Okay, Hera, you 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 can bring in some Spanish flavor to this. What if 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 Angela gets excited for, for pumpkin flavor, what excites you to that level? Absolutely nothing. Okay. <laughs> okay, well the only uh, thing I enjoy about Christmas, <laughs> because Halloween, we don't we celebrate Halloween, but we don't have Dia de los Muertos because we're yes. not Mexican. Because I'm yes. not Mexican. Yes. But what I do like about Halloween is obviously like I like to eat candy. But what I like about Christmas and Thanksgiving in general is that I get to eat. And what I most like is when the flan comes out and I'm just mm. like, yeah, oh. give me some, give me some of that. Flan. <laughs> mm. I fucking love a good flan. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That's oh. A- I haven't had it in so long. My God, mom I used to make it a lot. And it was it was glorious. I just had a vegan chorizo quesadilla that, oh. that that I would I would stab a clown and dance in his blood to have a, <laughs> again. It was that good. I would stab Dang. a clown for no reason other than the sheer joy of it. Same, because I hate them. <laughs> <sighs> okay, well, something we all can agree on that I know I really enjoy the recommendation here is our album of the month. And again, like I mentioned, this is Year of No Light and their album Consolamentum. And mm-hmm. I'm going to kick it to Hera. But Hera, I, I got to ask you first, give me a color for this, just just to set the tone. <sighs> it's purple. It's purple. Okay, well. I mean, that's what I got from it. It's okay, purple. well. Purple give, and red. I, I want to kick this to you here to do a little introduction to us. Give us the background on Year of No Light. So what I found most compelling about this album is the name, because this, okay, for context, July for me has been a very interesting month because it's been real heavily religion based. Like all the albums I reviewed, including this one for the site, have all have to do with religion in some way. So Consolamentum, I guess, would be the body in the mind, body, and spirit. So Consolamentum is the body. Consolamentum. Did, did you have a run-in with Mel Gibson or something? No, no. Oh. I would stab the man, but no. Um, <laughs> but in the kind of in the whole trifecta of mind, body, and spirit, this Consolamentum is the body because Consolamentum is a process where you basically, quote unquote, ascend to a higher plane because, get this, you regret living. You have amassed so much regret in your life that to be freed from all of it, you do a consolamentum. You get consoled from your regret. And that's basically what this album is. You're basically ascending from your regret of life. Wow. Wow. That's heavy. Yep. (laughs) Jeez. You know, I'm here on like the quick brown, you know, the quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dog level or whatever it is and you're going like 17 layers deep holy crap that is uh as the youth say that's a whole ass mood it is a whole ass mood wow so here this was your first time hearing them when it, how, how did we land on this as our album of the month because i was pleasantly surprised because i had not heard of them before one word roadburn Mm. I saw them. I heard them at Roadburn Redux this year because Pelagic Records was showcasing. And I said, well, let's check out what else is there. And I immediately went for this band. I thought they were really cool live. Their sound was intense and bombastic. And I was like, well, 
they have a new album coming out. So let's also slide this into the podcast because I want to talk about this album. I also, miss I miss them at at Roadburn. I I binged a lot of that stuff. Somehow this this slipped through the cracks for me. So I'm glad that uh that you brought it up because I feel like I would have been really remiss if I spent like the rest of 2021 not knowing about this. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. But yeah, this this album is now in the trifecta of the weird because we've talked about two previously other weird albums on this podcast this year alone. And I'm talking about Emptiness, the Vida album, and The Dorn from Amenra. They're all in that we the weird scale of weird where in this case though there's like sludge elements and the post metal is like unlike anything i've ever heard before previously and so all you get is just like okay i'm just gonna wait for this to drop and then i hope to god that you know something happens and then when it does you're like oh yeah this is definitely not what i was expecting but this is really really good you know and and that's the as we get into the thoughts here of the album, I'll kick it to Angela or Vince here before we get into it, see if they, you know, their background on the band. Yeah. But that was the, the cool thing about this, because I kept waiting for what was next. And I just wanted to mention that while you just said that. That's what I really liked about this album here. Angela, were, were you familiar with Year of No Light coming into this month? I was not. I have heard of them before, but I've never checked them out. And after listening to this album, I was thinking, why have I never listened to them before? So <laughs> I will definitely be going through their discography. Yeah. But um, yeah, this was my first experience. Yeah, same for me. Like I said, I, this has definitely set me down uh, deeper into them. And you, you Vince, were you were you coming to them also for the with, uh, you know, bright eyed, bushy tailed? So no, actually, and I might be the only person, Ian, unless this applies to you too, I might be the only person here who heard of this band before this podcast episode. Um, I don't, I've, I can't really place it as the name sounds really familiar. Like I may have heard them in passing. I for sure have never listened to anything that they've put out before. So a while ago for the website, I wrote a an article where I did a deep dive into post-metal because it was something that I wasn't really familiar with. That and might I be talked, why their name sounds familiar. I talked about nine albums that basically were picks that were crowdsourced from other, from the people on staff. And one of them was Year of No Light's 2013 album, Toxin, which ended up being one of my favorite albums that I listened to from that whole experiment. So I was actually really excited when I was like getting a chance to listen to something new from them because they they've put out some stuff, I think, since then. But it's yeah, it's been is... like artsy stuff like film scores and um Yeah. This is their first album in eight years. Eight years. Well, so... that would actually be since 2013 then. Yeah. So they took, and you could clearly tell they took their time with this mm -hmm. album because this album, although it's creepy as hell, is absolutely gorgeous. And it's it's very different than what I remember from Toxin. It's a lot slower and a lot doomier, I think, and a lot a lot gloomier too. But it's still just as like cinematic as as I remember it being. It's really really good. Mm -hmm. Reminds me a lot of like sort of like. 
not not old Russian circles, but more like where Russian circles are at now. Yeah, so but that's I think a pretty obvious comparison, <laughs> considering they're both instrumental post metal bands. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was listening to the. I can't. Yeah, we'll get into our you know deeper th- impressions of it. I came to this. I no, you know, not knowing the real post metal stuff like you guys do. I was attracted to the like doom nature that this had to it. I was almost sounding as if like you took a little chemist and took the vocals out of chemist and this is what you're left with and that's the kind of it has that kind of swing to it sometimes yeah and that's what uh, uh attracted me with it it's perfect perfect this mm-hmm. great music to just just it was a great album to just put on and you know like i, I listen to a lot of music when i'm on my peloton or i'm walking my dog but just perfect music for that just i enjoyed it every time i put it on no matter the time of day no matter if it was the fourth or fifth listen just a a fun fun listen i put it on this morning while i was undertaking the arduous task of cleaning up my microwave (laughs) oh that can be daunting it was not because i had the power of year of no light to guide me through It really I, is an album that you can just put on and yes. do whatever to it, and it just it enhances the whole mood. I'm I'm really glad that that more than one person brought this up because I have in my notes that it's great background music in the best way possible because you are able to listen to it and put your focus on it, and there's so much depth there, but it also works really well as like just something to set the mood for whatever it is you're doing. And maybe that mood, like maybe, maybe you didn't expect to clean your microwave to the sounds of somebody ascending through the regret of being alive, but that's what cleaning a microwave is like sometimes. Yeah. And this certainly was that. (laughs) I was going to say, it's just, it's so dramatic. (laughs) I was listening to it similarly to Ben's. I was listening to it while I was like cleaning hair and like eucalyptus leaves out of our shower. Static <laughs> <laughs> and intense. I was like, out with this going to the background. It was great. It's awesome, man. It's, if I'm going to tie it to the trifecta of weird that we've had so far, like emptiness was claustrophobic in a way where you're in a big spacious room and you don't really know what's going on. That's emptiness for me, or be that in this case was for me. And then I missed your Manra chat, but I meant the dawn was basically just like what happens when you look at the yellow wallpaper for too long. Dark this album, a little bit. Yeah, and you go a little bit insane and you wonder whether the voices you're actually hearing are yours or just what's going on in um, that yellow wallpaper. This one is kind of like you're in a coffin, but you're not in it because you're going to die. You're in it because you know that you're being consoled for your regret. They're not locking you in. But you full well know that at any moment, those nails are going to go in and you might just die. Yeah, like you're not in the coffin like David Blaine style here. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) You're not getting out of it because you're cutting you in half. You're in it because you want to be in it. You want to become that prefect, that person that has ascended to a higher plane of existence. Because that's what catharsis, uh, the cathartics were, by the way, if you want to read more on that. But that's what consumptive is. But at the same time, you're like, I'm highly uncomfortable, but I'm also really into this album, and I don't know why that is. 
this is a cell phone. <laughs> this is console momentum. Yeah. I think the the way that you describe it makes it sound really suspenseful, and I think that that's mm-hmm. that that's something that I picked up on too because it plays with tension. Yeah. In like really interesting ways, the way that like the rise and the fall of the song goes, it does kind of leave you a little bit on edge. Yeah. But well, then there it, is it, that point where like wh- where where it tips and then you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. You're like, oh, my God, I can't breathe. Oh, no, it's yeah. back. Oh, that's the, no. That's the ascension, baby. A lot of these songs are the same thing happening for a while. And, and anywhere that it goes, it takes a long time to get there, which it's like the entish of post-metal albums, right? It takes a long time to get from point A to point B, but in that there, you, you are revealed the truth that like nothing that's worth getting to doesn't or anything that's worth getting to takes a long time to get there right so and then you don't play any riffs unless they're worth taking a long time to play yeah Mm -hmm. exactly um and it it does it is a slow burn of an album but it it does get it does get there and along the way it does like you said it it there's a lot of tension and release yeah maybe more tension than release but it's that's where the sludge comes in because you know how yeah. sludge tends to drag yeah. always here they drag it out just so that way you know that you're about to fall off a cliff but not really there's a, there's like a thing that you can hang on to when you fall you they know what they're doing very clearly it's highly cinematic it's slow it's a slow burn of an album but when you get to that build and that tension releases you're like oh thank god mm-hmm. like Definitely. it was worth it was worth that it was worth it because the payoff is really really good mm-hmm. You know, it's almost as if you're away from your lover for so long, <laughs> and you just you just yearn to be in their arms. I'm just being a little. That's cheesy. adorable. I don't know what that feels like. <laughs> I mean, I I get that. I'm in the basement. You're upstairs, and I miss you. <laughs> um, but no, it's it's just it's it's cool. It was like a cool. Yeah, you know, in this little auto audio club that we do here, this monthly chat, it's cool that we were to come in also with uh, instrumental like this too, and yeah. com- completely break the mold with what we uh, normally do. This yeah. is this is great because I don't have to have a discussion again about why I don't care if a song has lyrics or not. But you know <laughs> what though, the thing is, and that leads me to this point. I have an interview about to go up with uh, Between the Buried and Me. Tommy and I had a wonderful chat. The front man of them. Uh, Mr. Thomas Giles for- Rogers. Yes. <laughs> also, for context, uh, for because this is we're recording this on Zoom, Ian's face when uh, you mentioned the Between the Buried yeah. and Me was complete yeah. shock and awe. <laughs> I, I, was I have to- loved Between the Buried and Me for literally a half very, my life. A yeah. very literally long half time. my life at this point. And they are, that is yeah. in no small part thanks to Mr. Thomas Giles yeah. Rogers. They are my number two band, and I never found myself at a loss for words, but when you listen to this interview, like the intro I tried to do came off as like a nerdy, like geeky fanboy. I don't know how I don't know how you could do it. I don't know I how wouldn't. you could sit there and uh, the only other person you. that I would be 
The only person I can think of who I would be more scared to talk to than Tommy Rogers is like fucking Dan Briggs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, he's man. the other reason why I love Between the Buried and Me so much. I, I can't wait for you guys to hear this. Uh, yeah. But why I mentioned Between the Buried and Me, or as he re- referred to them, like, I know it's her nickname, BT Bam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have long songs. And we've talked before about long songs. And I love long songs. But Vince, these these songs here are long songs without lyrics, though. Is that why that wasn't a problem for you? Or maybe because they're not super yeah. complex? You know, my my thing is like, y- yes, basically, yes. Like, but my thing is less long songs and more long albums. You know, okay. I, I don't like stuff breaking up the flow of what I'm listening to. So like. 12 minute songs on a 55 minute album is okay. That's fine for me. But longer songs tend to work better when it's stuff that I can get into the groove of. Mm-hmm. And especially with something like with something like this where it's a lot of like it's a lot of like repetition with tension building and there's no lyrics, it is a lot easier for me to just like get into the flow of it. I got like you. Wolves in the Throne Room have like 20 minute songs that I've listened to before that I really enjoy. Yeah, I was supposed to go see Between the Bear and Me live Friday night, my first <sighs> post-pandemic concert. But somebody's dad decided to have open heart surgery, so I guess I had to postpone that show for another day. Oh, what oh. a buzzkill. <laughs> yeah, what a, thanks, Dad. Yeah, way to go, <laughs> yeah. Mr. Buke's yeah. dad. Way, way to go, Dad. <laughs> have you no feelings yeah. or consideration? <laughs> exactly. They're your parents. They're not supposed oh, dear, to have you any. Really <laughs> it's me in this way. Yeah. But but it uh, it was it, 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 uh, yeah just a funny little thing there but yeah it's it's weird because like a be, between the barrier to me is it is so complex that it's weird that I would have thought like a person like you Vince would have would have been bored with this because I could yeah. see like it just it just kind of goes and goes BT Bam are the the exception to every rule that i have okay on paper they are a band that i should hate but i don't hate them i love them very much because they have been a part of my life for so long they get a pass forever okay well i tell i I have i will always check out whatever new the whatever new they put out after having listened to colors two 30 times through and through already it is it is a fucking masterpiece of an album yeah. it, it, we'll have, it it raises we'll their bar say. even higher i I, we'll have, I can't wait for you all to hear it we'll have plenty more to say about colors so, too next month <laughs> anybody uh, since we're we're here and we're talking about you know this is not a, a negative on them because i like it we all like it is there anything here that anybody didn't like or maybe I, let's start with this any high points here that the people have might i love how track to it i'm not even going to attempt to say their <laughs> names i'll lend them to hera because you know she's our uh, whiz here with pronunciation but <laughs> but the way track two goes into track three i gorgeous i i i loved it the first three songs alone mm-hmm. they could chop it off after track three to me and i'd be happy right there uh, Interdite au vivant au mort au chien is track go. three. It's my f- there's a part in there where it's it gets really really intense, like towards like the like the two thirds 
mark of it where things just like ramp up into the stratosphere and that's like my favorite point to the whole album you're mm-hmm. absolutely right like the first tracks are the first few tracks are definitely my favorite yeah. uh track two uh Alethea is my favorite i, I think i really love the last track and yeah. i've been noticing I mean, with my album reviews that i tend to gravitate towards the last track and i don't know if that's because i'm a sucker for good endings or what but um i just love when albums have that last track that brings in earlier elements from the album and Mm -hmm. just kind of like ties everything together. Um, And there's just like some, like a spookiness to that last track that I really enjoyed. I always find it's hard to pick one, but I, you know, I like the first three as well, but. I always find that in my listening, I tend to prefer the first tracks on an album. Like usually my favorite is within the first three, but like, I don't know that I could really say that I didn't like anything about this. Yeah, there's really yeah. nothing to not like here. Yeah, I agree. It's you, it has a it has a good setup at the beginning because it doesn't it doesn't take you by the hand and like slowly lead you in. It literally shoves you in. It's like here, <laughs> you're this is what you're gonna get, and you're gonna have to just deal with this, and then you're gonna come back and get and get into it later. I think so, you do need to know what you're getting into though, because when I first put this album on, I was not expecting it to go so slowly. I was not <laughs> expecting it to be instrumental, which like didn't throw me that much for a loop. But I like the first song is almost 13 minutes long. And as I'm listening to it for the first time, I was like, so when do the vocals kick in? At they one point, never do. And they, they never, never do. Them. And then it took me until like the third track to realize, oh, I guess this is an instrumental album. But yep. <laughs> um, once you're once you're like attuned to it, um, there's a lot that you pick out the second and the third time that you listen to it. I think for me, one of the things that really makes this album is the synth work on it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's yes. what drives a lot of the tension. And I feel like that's probably maybe not, I don't want to say like underrated, like, like I know something about this that, that no one else does, but I just don't want that to get like slept on. Like the riffs are super sludgy and crunchy and everything is really tasty, but I think the synth work on this is the real subtlety that you might miss your first time around, but it's what mm-hmm. makes the album so great. And it's it, what really sets it up as like, yeah, it creeps from. on you. Mm-hmm. It's slowly mm-hmm. like you can hear it in the background and then it slowly starts to come out yeah. of the woodwork. If, and if then the, you realize that they're synths and you're like, oh, well, this if is the it took me until like the It took me until like the fourth track on the album to realize that what I was hearing that I really liked was actually like synth stuff going yeah. in the yeah. background. You don't even Wait. realize it. That's like actually my favorite track on the album, Rialga. Mm. It's my favorite track on the album. My other Just, favorite one. Because it you you can see that payoff. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. where the payoff begins, and then you get into came, which is just mm-hmm. like, well, your mind is blown, and now you're gonna go back and listen to the album. Again. I if right, if, yeah. if the guitars <laughs> and the drums are doing the same thing over and over and over again for a while, mm-hmm. the synths in the background are what's changing, and it's cool because you get a feeling like oh, there's something different, but the things that you're immediately listening to haven't changed and you're like but what's different and that's what sort of gives you that like chills down your spine effect like the sort of unnerving feeling that comes over you when you listen to parts of this album i don't think i would have noticed that or like or had that opinion about this album if there were vocals on it Mm -hmm. 
this one's really ad dramatics and there's like a ambient haziness to it that I just love, especially with that opening track. It's so eerie in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Would it, would, would vocals in these tracks have been like too much? Would it have if, detracted yeah. from something? I think it, I think yeah. it definitely would have. Yeah. It, this album gets away with a lot of stuff that I think you could only get away with in an instrumental setting. This is a highly textural album. Yeah. The adding a vocal that probably would, the only way this vocal would work, it would work in the same way that that Vive has it, or it wouldn't work at all. Right. And yeah, I'd rather the have- vocals, The other thing about Year of No Light is they have, they have three guitar players in the band. And mm-hmm. if you were to take an album that has since three guitars and put vocals on it, all of those things sit- and this is where I my my big fancy schooling comes into play. All of those things tend to sit within the same frequency range. Mm-hmm. So they would all be fighting for space in your ears if you if you had vocals in there as well. If you remove that, then all of those things have like a little bit more room to breathe in the mixing process. Mm-hmm. So I think if you added vocals on top of these songs, they would just be way too cluttered. Yeah. I did well, not know they have three guitar players. Yeah, I, I would did not, not know, know that. that. I, read, I think I read that they had two drum kits on this album, too. That Maybe. makes sense. Yeah. They, I that think was they Cult did of have... Luna had two drummers on their Hell yeah. album. You talking about The Raging River? The Raging River. Yeah, we talked about that. We, we will talk about that once the year is over, because <laughs> I will have to circle back to that. They're real good. Oh. That's They're so real much good. to catch up with. I hate it. <laughs> Post, Post Metal is having the, a hell of it a is year. The, it's the most accessible Cult of Luna album because it's 38 minutes long. Unlike Mariner. Well, Mar- it's- Mariner comes in at like a cool 50-something, and you yeah. know what? I'm okay with that because Mariner fucks. Right, Mariner does fuck. Still does. Well, I we are... I don't want to say under a little time constraint, but we got some pressing matters that some of our members have to do. So if nobody else has anything about year of no light, I think we can all say that we love it. Check it out. If you want some killer music, it's a great background. To if the- you have any uh, menial chores to do around the house, enjoy suffering It'll through those with so this much in the more background. Dramatic. <laughs> Come and for the music. When, and then Stay for the consolation of regret. Yeah. Get the Ascension. <laughs> afterwards may you ascend there's a payoff coming for you may you ascend and they had grant you eyes (laughs) on the inside of your brain correct (laughs) and the inside of your microwave (laughs) or shower drain drain. (laughs) so now we will get to the part where we like to talk about what else we have listened to in the month of july and Harold, since you started things off today, I will kick it to you first. All right. So outside of the sheer amount of black metal that I've been listening to, because as Vince knows, it's summer and I talk about black metal consistently on another place. Black metal um, is for suffering. Huh? Black metal is for suffering. And black nothing, metal is for suffering. Nothing, nothing is more is more punishing than summer in Southern California. Uh, you're correct. Uh, outside of that, the one album I wanted to highlight was one that is very near and dear and close to my heart and is the spirit component. Yes, I am talking about King Woman Celestial Blues because why wouldn't I not talk about this album that it spiritually wrecked me? <laughs> oh, man. I, so good. 
Yes, created in self in the image of suffering, also known as Sidios for uh, for those of us who know our acronyms. Uh, wrecked me in 2017, and Celestial Blues did the same exact thing, but in a more mature standpoint. This album is still with a lot of the vitriol and and rage against the hypocrisy of organized religion that we saw back in Sitios, but here it's a lot more mature. It's a lot more temporarily removed in time and never have I felt so seen by Chris and Co. So thank you, King Woman. Chris and Co. <laughs> oh, thank you that. for ruining me in a good way. <laughs> I, I've been so obsessed with that album since the... Um, the Morningstar video dropped, which I, if you haven't seen that video, it is easily handily one of the coolest music videos I've seen in as long as I can fucking remember. It's, it's really, really cool. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. like, I, so I've been like, I've been dying to hear the rest of that album since that time. And it's so good. Me too. I've been so obsessed with it. I mean, it's, you guys know I love female fronted doom. That's like my favorite thing ever. And this just, it checks all the boxes for me. And I was telling Ian, like, it's definitely going to end up on my end of year list. Like same. Absolutely. <laughs> it might end up being my top album of the year. Because... I was thinking that too. Yes, girl. <laughs> because yes. No one would blame you. Yes. It was, CTOs was my top album in 2017. This will be my top album of 2021. If nothing else comes out that, yeah. that, that. But I don't think it will. So I, I think I'm gonna be right there with you, Hera. <laughs> it's a spicy meatball. I'll say that. Indeed, <laughs> Indeed it is. I mean, I th- okay, so crucify me, pun intended. I this is the first time I've listened to King Woman. It's ah. always been on my to-do list. Um, but my problem is I get King Woman, King Buffalo, and Woman is the Earth all confused in my brain. So don't forget, about mind, King, don't forget about King Dude. Yeah, King Dude. Yeah. And so in I my, get in my King, mind, and I also get King, King Hippo from in, Mike Tyson's Punch Out. <laughs> King oh, Hippo. Oh, sorry. <laughs> in in my mind, they're all one band. That's King Buffalo. Dude is the Earth. Um. <laughs> so, I. It's always been something that I've been meaning to check out because I've heard just how good created in the image of suffering is. I just haven't gotten around to it because every time I think I'm going to listen to King woman, I end up listening to woman is the earth or King Buffalo. (laughs) But uh, I do love celestial blues. Yeah. It's a really good one. It's way better. I think the created in the image of suffering is real, real, real good, but this is better. Yes. It's got, it's got a, uh, and I mean, it's one of those albums where you listen to it and you know, you're listening to something special and I can't, put my finger on what it is that makes it feel that way it just does it's it's a highly personal album in the life of that is of Chris Pandari who is of course the lead singer of this album mm. and, the, and the she, titular woman yes it's a highly personal album and I think that's what gets me about it because I sort of kind of understand what she went through except mine was less about speaking in tongues are more about being in a christian highly christian conservative environment a lot under under uh when i was younger so i understand like full hardly where she's coming from because i also feel the same way so yeah it's it's the catharsis component for me it's the joy of knowing that you're free 
but at the same time, knowing that some of the choices that you've made when you were getting out were basically about how you choose to live your life and how you feel about it and not how others perceive it. And here it's a lot more temporally removed in time where now that you've made those choices, how have they affected you now as opposed to how you did it four years ago if you, and you look at the album timeline. So it's a lot to deal with. It's a lot to just sit and like just smire in it, but this album is great and I love it. And that's all I got to say on it. I don't think I, I could say it any the- better than that. This album yeah. is great and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, no, anything else for you, Hera, before we move on? No, I just have a lot of black metal that I have and I don't want to talk about all of it because there's so much of it. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Like uh, a bu- like when you say a bunch of black metal, like a bunch of ones that are like so obscure they get like just a directed tape re- release and yeah. the way God intended it. The way that it was intentioned, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, Ian, what do you have, sir? Oh, um, oh, I, I got some stuff. I feel like so July. At first, I thought I didn't listen to a whole lot of stuff in July. But then I remembered that uh, all of it sort of came out in one week, actually on the same day. So like King Woman, you know, Celestial Blues came out like right at the end of July. Um, And uh, on the same day, the new Lantlos album dropped, which I know I'm sorry, but Vince was probably going to talk about this and like certainly feel free okay well maybe i'll just i'll save the at length for you um but i would do whatever you want i would like to quote vince on this if i may because i listened to it and this is another album that is great for doing menial household chores but in a different way than consolamentum because i listened to this album like four times while i was cleaning and cutting the grass um and i texted vince about it to say, hey, this Lantlos album is really great. And his reply was, my man, gone off the shits on this one. And that is true. <laughs> that is true. Marcus Marcus has gone off the shits on this one. Um, this, is a, this is a pop album. It bears no, no resemblance whatsoever to the, the atmospheric black metal that they used to make. And it barely has anything to do with like the doomy sludge territory that they went into or even anything on um, melting sun. It sounds like nothing else that they've ever done except in shades. But like, this is, this is a pop album that is in drop B tuning. (laughs) Um, I'm pulling a bins on this one where I'm waiting for the perfect moment to listen to that album. I know it's on my list. I want to get to it. I will get to it this month. Um, but I'm waiting for that moment so I can finally listen because it's been like what eight years, ten, ten, seven years. years. It has okay, been yeah. since 2014. Yeah, it's since been Melting a while. Sun? Melting Sun was 2014. Yeah. It has been oh seven years yeah, since the this last is another, album. God, I remember he's been, another album. He's been saying that this album was gonna come out every year, I think, since like 2016. <laughs> so not only not only has it been seven years, he's been it's been five years every year where I'm like, this time it's gonna happen. You're not gonna pull the football away from me, right? We're not gonna do this again, Marcus. That's like my relationship with um Thursday the Horde. 
Yeah. They need to put something else out too because they were supposed to be getting masters and shit back. And I'm like, okay, hurry up now. I know. I know I'm friends with one of them and I know that he's been working on like his school thing. So good for him. But also like, I want more to see the horse. So. Give me. <laughs> Give me the the horse. Anyway. Yes. All of that is true. Uh, but this Lantlos album is, is it's wonderful. Um, it's so full of like hooks and big catchy choruses and there's to it's there's also shades. disturbingly weird yes it is but it's not weird in like the esoteric way that they used to be weird because melting sun and agape were very like esoteric hey, albums ian may i ask you a question since we're okay. on here i normally spotify does a really good job of similar artists and stuff like that uh-huh. maybe it's maybe it's because how unique they are who are they in the same realm as what a what a fucking question no that one would, yeah, that no would one. Depend on, each album is so different yeah. it would depend on when, what what era of lantlos you're talking about right because they were like, functionally like, like, yeah, a different band on like, every single an, one of the albums that they released they, yeah, have, they have an autumn for crippled children alcest mm-hmm. is in here but then like it goes yeah. back to like alcest is only there because niche used to be the singer of lantlos mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Um, the vocalist for alcest was lantlos's vocalist for two of their albums oh. but essentially they've been they they started out as a black metal band like more straightforward i think on their yeah, first their album. first album was just a black metal album yeah and then after that album, their, their other vocalist left, and it was um, Herbst, who now goes by his real name of Marcus, and Niche from Alcest were Lantlos. And then they put out Neon, and Neon is one of the blueprint albums for what is considered post-black metal today. Yes. Like 2005, you would not have had Sunbather if it weren't for Neon. Yeah. It is okay. single-handedly one of my all-time favorite albums. And if you, for some reason, have not listened to it, I could not recommend it highly You should enough. do yeah. that. You, you should, should do that. You should, but then don't listen to, to Vildhund right after. Yeah, because you're you not going, going to recognize anything yeah. that you hear. Right, right. After after Neon was, I believe it's pronounced agape, not agape, because it's like the Greek concept yeah. of agape. Of it's agape. agape. That's the Greek for you. But there, they were still kind of a post black metal band, but they started getting a little sludgier on that one. And then after agape, Nage left. And Marcus started doing vocals himself and they completely switched styles. They became a sludgy post-metal band with clean vocals. Mm -hmm. And And you get Melting Sun. And you get Melting Sun. Because the the top band on here, they say is Los Discrets. Yeah, because only because they're also associated with the same yeah. people, okay. not because yeah, the they're guy, stylistically similar. The it's guy like, who the guy who is Lady Cray is also a visual artist who yeah. has who did uh, two the two covers for the Lantlos albums where the niche in them Neon and yeah. Agape okay. cover art for yeah. Neon, you one know, of my favorite pieces of art I like I've ever to, seen. I like to think I have an expansive knowledge on video games and metal, but <laughs> so the I, guy I, who... I, I sit down and I talk to you guys and I'm like, I don't know half of what I think I know. <laughs> you, context, you only think the that because guy you who have... does, yeah, the guy who does Lady Discray, his name is Percy Tessier. Uh, That's only, the guy. You only Percy think that Tessier. because you, you are, you are, 
you are digging into my special interest. <laughs> like, if you ask me shit about literally anything else in life, I don't know. He can't but do this, math, but he I could go on shit. for I could yeah, go I on for days about I the first, intricacies of black metal lore. I will say that when I first started doing the podcast, I was hit with like major imposter syndrome because I'm just <laughs> That's like, me like every day. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds nice, and you guys are like, "Oh yeah, this guy who's also with this band, yeah. and he plays this instrument." I'm like, "But yeah, okay. Angela, this 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 just makes me realize that like I know like metal, death metal, you know the prog stuff, but this whole world is like us trying to have like a rap podcast. I don't know <laughs> any of these artists here. This also, is like us. You... This would be like us talking about like Run the Jewels right now. I right I, right. I don't know anything about them. Nope. Like, if you wanted to go and listen to latest great Predators is a really good, like, starting point if you want to get into, like, the more recent aspect of their discography. Okay. So, Predators would be your your friend. Okay. But I, I love but that I, album. It, 2017 yeah, was great. It's awesome, but don't expect it to sound anything like this. Like, any <laughs> yeah. of these bands at all. Right. And that includes so, like, like, Wilt Wildhund is... I, I can't stress enough how much it strikes me as a pop album. You know, that just happens that, to have electric guitars that are in yeah. drop tuning. I listened to this in the car with Ian and we're driving and I'm just sitting there like, why do I have the sudden urge to listen to Crossfade, who I haven't listened to since I was in middle school? Like there, this is something that like there's, little there's parts on here. Loved. There's a huge, huge amount of like 90s radio yes. rock yes. influence it. on it's this awesome, album. But yeah, that's it's, just like where my mind went. I'm like, this why do there's like there's shades of grunge like, there's shades of grunge there's shades of like mid-era blink 182 yeah. <laughs> i got yes. that you texted yes. me that in response to what we were talking about earlier and i listened to it again after that and it really does fucking sound like like like, like self-titled, self-titled era blink 182. 182 yes absolutely uh, particularly the, like the drum work is what really is yes. what really did it like yeah yeah, and uh, it's like the guy, their drummer, is obviously, you know, no, he's not a, a, he's a great drummer, but nobody's Travis Barker. But still, it's like the way the songs flow. It sounds yes. like late yeah. '90s, early 2000s radio rock. Yeah, it's and then, but it also you also get like the the end of the album gets like so like weirdly psychedelic. Yeah, yeah. It's oh. Wild Hunt is currently sitting at like my number one spot for like albums this year. It's it's just it's, it's a good one, yeah. I, I was I, I knew I was gonna like it. I was not prepared for how much I love it. This I cannot sad. stop listening to it. It's so 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 good. It's so special. It's so unique. Mm-hmm. Like it's it it's euphoric when you listen to it. It just it is a it is a mood enhancer. It just, it made me feel feelings, like real human emotions for like the first time in weeks. And I think part of that, at least for me anyway, was like the nostalgia factor, because you know, like totally. Oh my God. But that's, I think, intentional too. Like Mm -hmm. he said, he's trying to like, he's trying to put that in to like what he was doing. It's a very warm and like sort of nostalgic album. Oh, I can't wait to listen to it now. There are a lot of songs on Build Hunt I, and and this is just like this is what it is in terms of lyrical content. There are a lot of songs on Vildhun that are about having sex, <laughs> just like there are a lot of songs on Neon about not having sex <laughs> or having sex with someone who has since dumped you. And oh. it's like they're they're diametrically opposed to each other, even though they're about the same thing. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, at least now we know that he can get it. So at least right. he's getting it. <laughs> Things are you, better man. in Marcus's good personal for you, man. life. Good yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah, good for you. Well, if you listen to the lyrics, I, you're talking about Magnolia, I think. And if you listen to the end of that, of it, the, Magnolia does not end on a hopeful note. No, but but still. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, Vilton Vilton was great. There's a couple more that I want to talk about really quickly because we've I've stretched my time out here uh, enough. But we have uh, our our tech death aficionados on, so I'd be remiss if I didn't mention uh, Ophidian Eyes Desolate. Gorgeous. Another oh, that album so much, so much fucking fun. It's like Dragon Force of it's like the Dragon Force of Tech Death. Like there's Tech Death, there's wankery for its own <laughs> sake, and then there's whatever this shit is. I don't think you could have said anything that would make me want to listen to it less. Yeah. <laughs> no, you this is an album that is uh, specifically designed to make you not want to listen yeah. to it. It's, it's, it's everything poison. that you hate. It's, it's poison anti- to Vince. It's anti-Vince. Yeah, but but it is. I mean, it's it's got the same kind of like, I don't know. It reminds me of being a kid and wanting to learn how to play guitar and listening to like Ingve Malmsteen and Jason Becker and Joe Satriani and stuff like that. Like people who were just entirely about how good they were at playing guitar. That's what this album is. And it's like literally the design process behind the songs was the song starts. We're going to do a guitar solo. We are never going to stop doing a guitar solo. Now the song is over and the next one starts yes. and we're going to do a guitar solo and there's going to be a guitar solo going throughout the whole song and then it's over. <laughs> and then you know what? The next track's going to start. We're going to hit right. you again. Yes. there. It's not an album that is packed with subtlety. <laughs> yes. Um, I. You give... You got a gold star for me today on that one, bud. I, I loved it. I thought it was great. It is it is so much fucking fun to listen to. Good. Well, any more from you, buddy? Re- yeah, really quickly, as long as we're talking about albums that are big moods. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Uh, the band's called Erdve, and the album is Savagaila. And uh, they are from Lithuania, so I can check that off my list of like I can put a thumbtack in there to say that I've listened to a band from Lithuania. Um, but they're, they're a hardcore band first and foremost, but they also have like a lot of sludgy stuff going on. It's an incredibly brutal album, but it is also along the same lines of consolamentum and that it's a, about transcending beyond things that are like dark and hopeless and like crushingly, heavy um and it's really good it, it it is an album that surprised me with how much i liked it um and they also have some really interesting music videos that a lot of people hate but i think they're awesome <laughs> have you uh, listened to them before no you should go back and listen to their first album it's i pretty did good. i did <laughs> i did I, since listening to savagaila i went back and listened to their first one and it was really good that one's on my on my like to do list. I haven't gotten around to listening to it yet, but I'm pretty it, stoked because I it, thought their their debut is like pretty unique sounding. I hadn't really heard much. It, it is, yeah. It's notes. it's a little. It's like hardcore first and foremost, with shades of noise, and then like a sprinkling of just a chef's kiss of black metal. But like they're a hardcore band first and foremost. Um, 
but and it, it's just it, but it's really good it's very like artistic um and i think i think that i there's a couple more that i was going to mention but i think other people are going to mention them so we'll we'll call that good enough for me. sorry i hit the wrong <laughs> button so angela <laughs> let's kick it upstairs to you um all right so i have two because i definitely wanted to talk about king woman and latlow so we did that so we're good um so an album that i reviewed towards the end of last month was atrapos by vona or vuna i think is the band name um i just adore this album i had never heard of the band before um i picked it up because it was doom metal with a female vocalist so i had to i had to pick it um and she is amazing it is a one-woman band basically but she had a lot of um guest musicians come on um so she has somebody that plays harp violin um there's electric lap steel like there's all these interesting instruments um and she also has nathan weaver of wolves in the throne room is on one of the tracks uh doing guest vocals i was gonna um, say the the reason that i know them is because i think their wolves in the throne room helped them put out their like first album or something because like yep. she's really good friends with the brothers weaver yes and uh she's from olympia um makes sense yeah yeah exactly um <laughs> so yeah that is a fabulous album um one i stumbled upon from Bandcamp the other day is a band called ether coven ether coven and the album is language is the instrument of the empire and it's a little three track cutie um and it's <laughs> Uh, it's, it's really good. Again, this one also has a lot of vocalists and it has, um, violin and, um, they're very, it seems like they are very politically driven by what I'm reading on the bottom of their band camp. Uh, like it says free all political prisoners in all caps and smash sexism, racism, nationalism. That album title doesn't really leave much to the imagination. <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah, so they're doom and, uh, with like these deep, uh, like melancholy, clean vocals, it's, it's, it's really good. And, you know, definitely want to support them with everything that they stand for. So, um, yeah, that's all I got. We do love to see it. Okay. Vince. Yeah. So, um, I, I talked about about Wild Hund. Wild Hund is was is currently like my favorite album that I've heard this year. It's it's great. You should go listen to it. Um, the other ones that I wanted to talk about were, were um, a Icelandic black metal album, uh, the new one by Manvera, which is called Vita Hringer. I'm probably butchering that, so if anyone's from Iceland, I'm sorry. Um, but you should be. Not sorry for this album, because it's really good. It reminds me of why I like black metal from Iceland so much in the first place. Uh, reminds me a lot of Flesh Cathedral era Svarthi Doughty, which was the album that kind of started it all for me. Um, I just really like this a lot. Um, the other one I wanted to talk about is the new album from Craven Idol, which is called Forked Tongues, and was another album that I knew that I was going to like, but was kind of unprepared for how much I love. It's like really ripping old school black thrash, but like with a lot of stuff that you don't see injected into it a lot of the time, and an intensity that makes it like a really, really captivating listen. 
Um, it's way, way better than like your average Black Thrash album. And I would highly recommend that people check it out, even if that's not something that you're into. I think that this is really something special. There's there's something about Forked Tongues and and all of their albums. There's there's an undercurrent of like just some boys having fun. Yeah. That makes it like I don't know. They they take themselves the perfect amount of serious. Yeah. Which is not like not they're they're not a joke band, but they also lean into, you know, summon the fucking flames. Yeah. Yeah. They like they lean into the tropes in a way that says, like, we're just out here to have some fun. Yeah. And it is it ends up making Fort Tongues a very fun album to when he to when he to. does like the crazy high vocal shrieks, oh my God, I lose my mind best. every it's time. The best. Every time. But like I I think that on on Forked Tongues there is it is a little bit more serious in tone, I think, than their other stuff. It's more it's restrained. More, it's more it's restrained. Less restrained. Some, really? It's way less it feels Forked Tongues feels like a train that is like it feels like the bus in speed, where like <laughs> you can't go under 50, 55 miles an hour or the bomb's gonna go off. Like it's just it is an album that constantly feels like it is on the verge of going completely off the rails and losing itself. But somehow it never does. But like you're just you're careening on the edge of like everything is happening too fast and I'm going to die. <laughs> it's just awesome. In Not Metal World, uh, there is a new Midwife album out. The album's called Luminol. Midwife was on my year-end list, I think, last year when they put out their album. And sh- um, the it's one woman, Madeline Johnston. And uh, she put out another one this year. And it's really, really great. Uh, very soft, lo-fi um, like singer songwriter stuff she has a really interesting song on there called 2020 which is a, a cover of the offsprings gone away where but the the song on on the midwife album is just the chorus where she just keeps repeating and it feels like heaven is so far away like over and over over these like really sad reverb washed out guitar riffs and it's just like it's the most me thing I think that's ever been created. Like, I get that this is not going to be an album that everyone loves, but I definitely very much love it. <laughs> and um, there's a Mountain Goats album that came out this month, wasn't there, oh, that, we, fuck, that's that we haven't right. talked I about. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I thought Dark that was here. last month. <laughs> no, Dark in Here was like the first week in, in July. Oh, yeah, dude, that shit is so fucking... Yeah. Long-time listeners of this podcast will know that the Mountain Goats are my very favorite band of all time, and um, this is the third album that he's put out in two years. So I'm exceedingly happy, and I think that Dark in Here is probably one of the best things that he's done in a long time. Somebody described it as um, the draw to the Mountain Goats has always been the lyrical prowess of John Darnell, and as much as I say I don't care about lyrics as long as you know within reason as long as there's no like bullshit going on um i tend to gravitate towards songs and artists where i i can't understand the lyrics this is the thing that i make a hard exception for the draw to them has always been just how good of a storyteller he is but with dark in here the music behind those words is finally not finally it is it is at a caliber where it's like just as important now as the lyrics are 
Whereas the music before has just been sort of a vehicle to give you his poetry. Now the songs are just as important as the words that, that are contained within them. Yeah. I would, I would not argue with that one bit. Um, I want to give a personal thank you to you, Vince, for (laughs) doing a little, um, like the invasion of uh, Normandy for doing like a big planning for me, getting all the strings out and everything. You put together an excellent primer for me that I have been uh, listening to dipping a toe. in. I, I really appreciate it. It's been fun to uh, go through the different uh, eras or should I say the sounds with them that you, you put me on. You asked me for a, a sort of introductory primer to the mountain goats. And I gave you a like four hour long playlist. I think. Yep, 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 four, yeah. He actually told it. Welcome to my Ted talk. I did. <laughs> I did. That's how I, that's how I feel though. Like this yeah. is, this is very important to me. And another subject at which I could just, dis- which I could discuss at great length. The you intricacies. Know, I, we of- can come back. We'll come back to it later. when We have more time, but I'm really starting to like right around uh the full force glassenberg out that's when i'm Galesburg, really starting baby. to that's yeah. when i'm really starting to like that a lot yeah i think that's um that's probably i mean i granted i got into them in their later stuff but like that's a yeah that's a real special album yeah anything else from you vince i know when we have more time we could dive into them i know there'll oh, probably be sure. another album or two within the next six months from them <laughs> we'll see i don't know about that but We'll see. Um, that was actually all I had. Okay. I will hit you guys with a couple here and then we'll get out. Um, you know them, melodic death metal pioneers or forefathers at the gates uh, released an album, The Nightmare of Being. Nothing groundbreaking, but I want to mention it because you know what? It's not bad. It, I enjoyed it a lot. Um. Kind of sorry, I lost my train of thought there. I turned up and it looks like Mr. T has joined <laughs> us on the Zoom call for a second. So Ian with his glasses there took me. And he's uh, fully muted. <laughs> um, my, my head hurts, so I got to wear my blue blockers. Uh, I have been on a big, during the pandemic, I found the love of Egyptian history. And I've been watching as many documentaries <laughs> as I can on Egypt. And I've been reading a bunch of books on Egyptian history and the Let's pharaohs. Let's go. There is a, t- you, are, you are now speaking with our resident Egyptologist, Ian Martin. Uh, no. <laughs> Did you think dinosaurs was the only thing that I was going to scream and hoot and holler on this podcast? Yeah, I, I, I was like, hoping it was. You're wrong, bud. Yeah, I have found a real big love of Egypt. Well, there's the Egyptian death metal band Crescent. Crescent. Ah, they, yes. I was going to talk about this one too, but I decided <laughs> not to. <laughs> their album, Carving the Fires of Aket, is is awesome. Awesome. Any band that's really kind of breaking the mold for what you expect out of a region is really special to me. It's like Nile meets Melechesh. And it's yes. awesome. Oh, that kind of that kind of tracks for both the subject matter and relative yeah. geographic area. Yeah. <laughs> um, Melikesh needs to come back. Yeah, for real though. Yeah, they but, they are, I found how them long has years it been since there's been a Melikesh album? Fucking God knows when. Last was the last time. That's been a long ass time. Uh huh. And I, let's end here with my love for Kill Switch Engage. And Adam and Jesse, it's been 10 years since Him of a Broken Man came out by Times of Grace. 
they got back together and they put out a new album called Songs of Loss and Separation. So if you like Killswitch and you like uh, when they kind of break the mold a little bit, they don't stray too far from the path a lot. Uh, but if you like what Adam and Jesse do together, then check out the new Times of Grace. That's going to do about here. I want to quickly mention something and ask something before we let everybody go on their way and Hera can get to her appointment. Has anybody, I read a study the other day that a lot of people have gone to music during the pandemic for comfort and stuff like that. I just Mm -hmm. want to ask if anybody here has broke the mold and since you've been locked away during this pandemic, were there any genres you started listening to that you were never exposed to before? A bunch of interviews I did that led me down the deep jazz dive. And my future father-in-law is a piano player, has played it for decades. He has also shaped me into listening to a lot of jazz. So I wanted to see if anybody else here has strayed into a different musical path because of the pandemic. I've gotten more into tech death because of the pandemic. Yes. Yes. And Dan, hopefully Dan will be all set up in his new home and you'll get another episode of Technically Inclined soon enough because nice. we have Cynic the pod on. But, in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I but, forgot that was. But Ian, homework. Vince, Angela, have you guys strayed the path a little bit, getting into doing a little and more exploring with other genres? I don't uh, I don't think for, for me, I don't think that um, the breadth of my listening has changed. It's more about depth because I have more time to listen to music. Yep. So yep. it I, I haven't found my, you know, not to be that guy, but no. like, I, I've always been the kind of person who listened to a little bit of everything. Yep. I mean, if if anything, I've given more country yeah try but and, not, and you know, not that enough has to, not, not enough to be like sorry to, to step on you there that has not been me and ad, ad, admittedly so i i don't branch off the the only country that i like has to be at least i would say 30 years old for me to same for me go anywhere same near it yep um but i don't feel like i've done enough diving into that for it to qualify yep. it's more about getting deeper into the yeah. things that I already listened to, yep. which covers the spectrum from jazz to, you know, tech death. I think if anything, like the stress of the pandemic made me listen to less music than I normally do. Hmm. So I can't say that I've been like trying anything new, but like I have lots of ideas about like going deeper into stuff. Like I have, I made a Spotify playlist called the inevitable hip hop catch up binge which has like a bunch of albums on it that I'm like waiting to be in the mood to listen to that I haven't gotten into yet. So I'm kind of hoping that that's going to be my thing is that I will sort of, cause I, I like hip hop. I just don't listen to it all the time because like, it feels like diving into the deep end of a pool. And I, and I, I just like, I, there's so much of it out there that I haven't listened to that. I don't really know where to start. Cause I don't really know what it is that I like yet definitively but like that's that's gonna be that that's what i have designs on anyway (laughs) yeah i think i'm i'm like vince as well where i listened i think i navigated more towards podcasts just to keep my mind off of stuff 
Um, and then I think I also just kind of went back and listened to like songs that remind me of like college or high school and things that, you know, again, like that nostalgic feel, like, I think I was just kind of turning towards that for some like comfort. Well, going back to high school, (laughs) Hera, was, was there anything you've listened to? I know it's totally different for you because the pandemic still meant grad school for you. So (laughs) I mean, outside of like tech deck, uh, I, got, I became more invested into video games, which leads yes. me to say that Control is the yes. best game I played, hey. and that's the reason why I got a console. I find I, I if 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 nobody has anything else, I want to mention that on on video games before we end this episode. So I'll open the floor. Does anybody I'll talk, have? I'll talk video I would games. I would like to talk about video games for I, one hot second. I I, I want to say that there are still good people in the world. As, as crazy as that may sound, I put a Reddit post about trying to find a PS5. Uh, and uh-huh. I thought I was going to uh-huh. go to scalpers. I have one. And I thought I was going to go to scalpers and stuff like that. And I had a lady who reached out to me out of the blue, asked me my story. I told her about, you know, my disability and I'm stuck home and stuff like that, like sloth from the Goonies. <laughs> and... She drove down from Jersey. Nice. To sell me a PS5 at retail price. Dang. Nice. She easily could have sold it for $700, $800. I have been an Xbox PC fanboy my whole life, but the tactile triggers on this fucking PS5. It's beautiful, isn't it? I want to marry this damn thing. I love it. (laughs) All right. I I love it. I have one yeah. myself that I waited two hours to get at a secret line that a friend got me. To Isn't do. it amazing, Hera? Playing Astro Boy, the I played play- Control on it. It's great. Oh, I bet can I beat Control on the PC, but I I I would play through it again. It's it is a fantastic. I've been I've been I am not. I played a it on my I played it on my brother in law's PS4 originally yeah. on vacation, and then I got a console and then played it again. Yeah, I am not a Souls-like guy at all. Demon Souls, Dark Souls, I don't like, but I just, with the PlayStation shell, I just bought Neo Remastered. And it, it I've been playing that. Just the, the the PlayStation, just those adaptive triggers are just yeah, such a so cool good. feature to have. That's good. We're planning on buying one at some point when we can. So yeah. like, it's good that at least it's getting glowing reviews so far. I yep. was kind of mad at the whole backwards compatibility football getting yanked away from me but yeah. that's we're kind of waiting until they come out with the ps5 pro to see if maybe they'll put the backwards compat like the full backwards compatibility into the pro version because that i would actually pay more money for and i did reserve a steam deck i that- want it mm-hmm. i want it but i'm yeah. waiting on all right it. all right i that's- thought that was an interesting move on their part but like Listen, if I could avoid getting a PC and just play Steam games on a PC deck, I'd rather do that instead. <laughs> oh, I just wonder how some of those games are going to port. They say they I've been watching a lot of videos. They say it pretty well. It's like a, it's like a computer <laughs> yeah. is what I heard. Does it have a full keyboard? No, it no. looks like a Switch. Yeah. So yeah. like, yeah, that's what I was saying. So like some of these ones that have like more complicated button setups are going to have to be there transferred more, to like triangle there, square X circle or, or whatever. There are going to, there's more uh, buttons on the back of the console. Well, so you, you look, can, it, 
So it'll you can work program for, them. Yeah, it'll work for like a control or any other game I can think of. Mm-hmm. But if you try and play like a Civ Six on it, that's what I'm thinking. I don't know how well. It I'm wondering. I'm wondering this. how more complex stuff is going to port over and be adapted yeah. for button use instead of keyboard use. But I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. I don't know that I would get one, but I kind of want it to succeed. I think the price point is amazing, and I think with Nin- Nintendo dropping the ball on the Switch Pro, just really no no processor upgrades, no memory yeah. upgrades, just an OLED screen. And the land ports. Yeah, I know Dan. Can't forget the land port. <laughs> poor, poor Dan. Him and I talk almost daily, and that was he was he's a big Switch guy, and you know I have my Switch, but I don't play it like he does. That was really for him, like no whammy, no whammy. Like he pressed his luck one too many times on that Switch, and uh, it sucked because that just an OLED screen. They really, I think, dropped the ball. Yeah. Well, Hera, you have an appointment to take a family member to. If yes. nobody else has anything here on this nine circles audio thing for July 2021, we will end it here. I will open the floor again. If anybody has anything in closing? If not, we will close the book on this episode. We we ended last episode with Buke gifting Angela and I a copy of Hades, and I would just like to give everyone an update in case you were wondering. Oh, I yes, have, I have become galaxy brained. I have become hopelessly addicted to Based playing Hades. Hades pilled. Oh, I've been, I've been, yeah, I've been, I've been Hades pilled very hard. Uh, it's in a, it's a fucking amazing game. It's and amazing. it's, it's how I've, how I'm spending the last dregs of my summer. He's <laughs> easily one of my favorite video games ever that I've ever played. I think just like at, at this point, it's, it's, it's just so about much... to come out on Xbox and Peace and PlayStation. So yeah, I can I buy it for PS5. the fourth time. I saw I saw the PS5 demo uh, footage. Yeah, it's good. It's something special. The only thing I have to say in closing is: may you live your life without regret. May your decisions oh. that you do may affect your lives, for that is the answer to us. <laughs> Perfect. That's consolation for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought isn't that also a Montemarth lyrics? I don't know. I don't listen to much of Montemarth, but you know what? That you means. know what, though, Ian? That sounds like, dude, light, light the ship aflame and cast that body off. And that's yeah. exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> okay, my friends. I, everybody continue to always be safe, please. And until next time, check out ninecircles.co, our Facebook, our website, for these excellent authors, write-ups, reviews. I got a bunch of interviews there and everybody can be safe until next time.